The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com today to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. We are your hosts, Emerson Beery, Justin Bruni. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Ready to talk some fantasy football, talk some dynasty running backs. Always excited. Yes, very excited today to dive into the dynasty fantasy football running back landscape. That is exactly what time of year it is. It is startup season with rookie drafts wrapped wrapping up. Dynasty fantasy football players are joining more drafts right now, so we're going to dive into those top running backs that you'll be drafting. I'm doing pretty good myself, though. It's it's a farmer's market season. Stroll okay. down there for me, grab some bond me, stock up on all the overpriced hot sauces and fruit and everything like that. Okay, and they're okay. extra delicious. So I, I love doing that on my Sunday mornings. About to dive Rilling in up some market. veggies, are you? Absolutely. Go to the fancy mushroom stand and throw those in the air oh. fryer. So okay, okay, all right. I'm fancy mushroom stand. I like I like it. We'll dive into it though today. Uh, the, the easy we're doing the top twelve, so the easy first choice here. I think it's fairly consensus at this point. That is Bijan Robinson yep. at the RB one spot. Justin, you know we kept we kept making jokes about it every time we were doing those rookie mock drafts. Like, do you want to tell the people why we're taking uh, Bijan Robinson first, or should I? So I'll let you start you, off. You, today. you you go ahead. I took Patrick Mahomes last time. We've been going. Okay, back and all forth. right. I'll take it today. Bijan Robinson, one of the best running backs prospects to come out in the last 10 years. I would, you know, if I was ranking him, I would put him right behind Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. He's at 104 forced tackles missed last season. We're the most since the stats have been recorded. He is an absolute phenom. His, you know, while he didn't have a ton of receiving production in college, that average depth of target, he actually ran routes. And, you know, that's exactly what you're looking for. I think, you know, maybe not a Christian McCaffrey or maybe Saquon Barkley when he was at his best type of receiving production but he should be a very strong part of his profile as well he's easily considering his age the dynasty running back one at this point considering the age of some of the older prospects at the position i think Brees hall actually would have held up if he would have kept up with that rookie season i think that that Brees hall would have been the rb1 coming into this year but that acl injury puts him back for me what are your thoughts uh, I completely agree. Brees Hall would be at number one if he wasn't um, returning off an injury. Brees Hall still had 13.3 fantasy points per game as a rookie through seven games, and that was with him just getting warmed up. With B- with Bijan at the age of 21 coming into the NFL ripe for consecutive 300-plus seasons you know, on the books for these next two to three seasons, you're feeling very comfortable where you're getting him at just based off of the age. I don't think that taking Jameer Gibbs, like he's going to be about five or six picks back in our rankings. I also, you know, like leaning into that a little bit. Maybe you don't get that top option. You don't get that draft capital in your startup. You can also target another uh, run, young running back in this group that we're going to be discussing here. Uh, but with Bijan, you know, you don't have a lot of talent around him as far as quarterback with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't see that changing overnight. You know, in the next, again, two to three seasons, I think he's going to be leaned on heavily in this offense. You do like some of the good skill position players around him like Drake London, like Kyle Pitts, that can maybe help alleviate some pressure, you know, so he's not constantly going up against, you know, a a loaded box. And hopefully you get a step forward from uh, some of the quarterback play there and maybe Desmond Ritter or if they make a free agency ad. But it looks like he's going to be the identity of their team for the next couple of seasons, similar to what we may have saw 
from a younger CMC, from a younger Saquon Barkley, where they just come into a situation where, you know, you don't have strong quarterback play. You maybe have some other pieces, but you're looked at to be the identity of the offense and the franchise. So I think it's it's a great situation for him. And again, you're really just evaluating the age here and the clean bill of health. I'm okay with, you know, him anywhere one through three. If you do want to go with what I you know, have perceived in a safer floor in a guy like CMC or Brees Hall because you have seen it. Like Even with Brees Hall, he was able to still go, get out there for seven games, and what you saw of him was still a very good return, in my opinion, for a ro- uh, rookie running back You know, per just game, per game basis. Absolutely. You know, and just, you know, I really like actually, you know, the run scheme that they got going down there. I really like, you know, I think the offensive line's improving in Atlanta. So, I, yeah, I think Bijan Robinson, excellent situation to improve. I, I don't think it's – I think it's – no matter what kind of build you have, I think it's a very easy choice. Whether it's, you know, I I don't I can't make a case for CMC or Brees Hall. You know, we only got to see mm-hmm. Brees Hall for a short time period. So I know what, you know, like I said, I think he would have been the RB1 if he would have stayed healthy, I, you know, at, with that kind of season that he was going to produce. But ACL injury, you're already probably looking at maybe a, a lost 2023 season or maybe at least the first half of it, maybe, because mm-hmm. he's just not going to get back to health yet. We see that time and time and again with running back. So just being a, you know, maybe a year of Brace Hall not losing that production, that's a big part of a running back's, you know, career already. So give me Bijan Robinson, I'll, you know, easily over CMC in dynasty formats, only because of the fact that CMC is getting a little long winded in the two. So, you know, probably in his final two or three seasons of elite production, probably maybe in his final season of elite production, if history tells us anything. So before we get into our Running back to, I just want to give one more shout out to our friends over at Edge Boost. Have you signed up for Edge Boost yet? If not, you are missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four weekly installments. That's right, 0%. Simply deposit funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances, up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. My Edge Boost double down play of the day is I really like Patrick Mahomes' MVP odds once again and the Chiefs returning to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I believe, I mean, you're getting three or four times your money once again on Patrick Mahomes. And I think that he can easily return on that value considering the fact that, well, you know, what he was able to do with that wide receiver core last season, he's going to have to carry it once again. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use only valid in legal gambling states. Problem, gambling problem, call one at 100 gambler. Okay. With that, we will dive back into the RB2 here in our rankings, and that is Brees Hall, only because I had him that high. You have you have Brees Hall. You were talking up Brees Hall. I think you have him at RB4 in those in your own rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I have I have uh, Brees Hall at uh, three. I have CMC at two. So I go Bijan, CMC, Brees Hall, and I can you know make my argument for CMC. I mean, at the age of twenty six, he's still coming off of about seventeen point three fantasy points per game. Uh, that's based off of seventeen games played. For the majority of his career, he's been healthy. We just saw Austin Eckler at the age of twenty eight lead the league in uh, fantasy points per game total, you know, RB1, right? Total points for the position. I just don't see, you know, it's not hard for me to believe, to see a reality that Christian McCaffrey is still a top five running back for the next three seasons. We constantly say that's the window that we're playing in. And with running backs, that window is much smaller. You know, yeah, these guys go up really high, but they come crashing down very quickly. Look at what, you know, Jonathan Taylor, right? From his, uh, you know, year two to year three, there was that huge drop off because of injury. Um, And it's one of the most likely positions to, you know, sustain an injury. So as long as Christian McCaffrey is healthy, I mean, that's really the only thing you're betting against is that, oh, he's going to be another year older. He's going to get dinged up and he's going to miss time. I think some Uh, people were, go ahead. No, you know what? I, I know we were just, we are less than a year removed away from calling CMC a huge injury risk, you know, after two injury plague seasons, getting older. It's just, we've seen this time and time again, it just comes out so quickly from a running back. You just can lose Mm -hmm. it just like that, unfortunately. So in dynasty leagues, you know, I'm a little bit of an ageist. I definitely am an ageist. So I, I can't, I can't go CMC. He's more, where did he fall for me in my specific rankings here? Let me pull that up. He's my RB five. And I still okay. struggled with that. Even I'm just like, man, a running it's, back and going into his sixth season with, with, you know, as my RB five, ah, it's difficult for me to see him not being used like the ultimate weapon. We expect him to be 
by the San Francisco 49ers. That's why they traded for him. So I still believe that he gives you an incredibly safe floor for the, like I said, these next two to three seasons. And that's the type of window that we're playing in. Now, if you want to get off of him in there, I mean, we're obviously both still evaluating him as a top five option, right? Like, obviously, that's still very, very good. We have Eckler in our top 12 here, and he's 28 years old. And a two- to three-year window put, puts him into his 30s. So I, I'm with you with, with, the, with the age stuff here. I mean, we're going to mix in some of these younger guys as well. But to me, the average age here in this group is still probably about 24 to 25. If he's just a bump off of the average, I, I, I still feel very comfortable taking him at two, especially because I know what I'm getting. Brees Hall, what you're, what you're paying for here is expected value. You've only seen him through seven games. Bijan Robinson, you haven't seen him play in any NFL games yet. We're both incredibly high on him. We're comping him to assets like Saquon Barkley, like Ezekiel Elliott. That's the type of you know uh, expected value that we're putting on his you know one hundred and one value in Dynasty RB one talk here in this conversation. That's expected value. I've already seen all of this from CMC. So if I get the expected value out of him these next two to three seasons, bar it, it's not the you know, the long-term return that you're going to get from Bijan and Brees if they hit their expected values. But I feel safer and more confident that I'll at least hit a safer floor. You know, it's just a different strategy. You know, I, I've seen a lot of others, you know, you ride these guys like CMC and tell you they, they tell they don't go anymore. Me, I like to, I like to leapfrog, you know, I mm -hmm. like to, you know, ride that, ride the Christian McCaffrey for a few seasons, then try to use him to find the next one. That That's mm -hmm. usually my goal in dynasty leagues, that's shift him over to a wide receiver. Right, so, that's you know, exactly what we hope the, those two guys will be in Bijan and and Brees, you know, for another five hopeful seasons. You know, I and like I said, it doesn't always pay off. You know, Austin Eckler two seasons ago, you know, coming off of his first big year, I would have been like, sell, you know, sell, you know, running back, getting into those late mm -hmm. that late twenties, and you know, just his lack of rushing production in general. See, so it doesn't yeah. always work out, but you know, that's just how I usually play, and sometimes you end up just getting. I, like I said, I love drafting rookie running backs just because, you know, highly drafted, highly coveted mm -hmm. rookie running backs. And I take them usually above even consensus just because the running back veterans are so hit, hit and miss in general anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the running back position is just a bust position. It can happen. Yeah. You know, to, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I don't like paying the prices for these guys in dynasty startups. You know, these these are very expensive prices that you're paying for guys like Bijan, CMC, Hall. If you miss out on like the really young guys you know, like, like Bijan or Brees or Gibbs, you know, you're still looking at a lot of middle, like 24 to 26 year old players. I like getting guys with the way back end of my drafts. My most recent startup, I got, uh, uh, what was it? The commandos running backs and like, uh, Dame Harris and Samaj P Ryan. And then a bunch of rookies like, you know, Chase Brown, um, Abanaconda, um, I think Deuce Vaughn's in there. I know, I know you always love me here. Not talking up Deuce Vaughn. Um, yeah, just, just getting a bunch of those like second and third round running backs, you know, stacked in with some, you know, back end guys that I know will start and take snaps. I mean, I made a living in dynasty. I haven't done a dynasty, actually a real dynasty startup in almost a year and a half because I did so many COVID leagues and I have, I just haven't been leaving them or anything <laughs> that I just like, I'm already in 30 leagues. I can't do anymore. So I have, it's been a long time since I've done a real dynasty startup, but I made a living off of going 20 rounds without taking a running back. And then, you know, just figuring out running back later, making a trade later or whatever. Yeah, or you, you get in those leagues where you have to pick like the kickers for picks. I'm just like, all right, well, here's where I'll take a running back. Here's where I'll take a rookie running back. I, I love that approach. Yeah, I've done. I, I used to do those drafts. That's was predominantly what the drafts I did. So a lot of fun. Um, you know, we kind of merged them a little bit. But what, what kind of season do you think Brees Hall is going to have this year? You know, do you think it's going to be a little bit slow Better. start or do you think he's going to get off to a hot Right back you to already, where he was left off. You already heard him say, he's like, oh, I'm already feeling a little bit better once they uh -huh. signed Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> That's what else? Uh, but no, I, I think that we should be feeling very good about Brees Hall. It sounds like the rehab is, is going well. It sounds like he's going to be ready for week one, no issue. Uh, he missed enough of last season, I think, to you know be ready for, for this year. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about him. Uh, I'm again, I'll, I'm taking him at a top three stock, you know, in, in this ranking. He's, I like I said, I go Bijan CMC Hall. I don't hate going one over the other if you want to, you know, really pull in age, you know, versus what you know CMC can offer you now. But again, that's not a, a decision I like to make. I like nobbling up uh, receivers at that ADP. Yeah, Brees Hall might be a little bit pricey considering, you know, just where he's going next to wide receivers in the dynasty startup, but could be a nice trade value or something like that if there is a team 
Absolutely. Who maybe is a little bit more trepidation. Although I to to one of the points you made. I mean, we hear this every year though with these running backs. They're ready to go. They're looking good at camp. They continually start off slow. It's continually going into week one a little shaky if they're going to play or not. Maybe miss a week or two. I, I'm just a totally, you know, as a rule now in general, you're usually going to get, I always find you get burned on these running backs coming off of ACL injuries, at least the first half of the season. So J.K. Dobbins, you know, he looks great in the second half of last year. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, that maybe could be the case for Brees Hall too. Um, Actually, you know, I was, I kind of misspoke a little bit. So, we, you know, we talked about CMC, who's actually number four in our running back rankings, consensus rankings. Up at three, though is Jonathan Taylor. He's at, he's my third running back as well. And I think, is he four for you? Am I right? Yeah, he's four for me. And that's really just, I, I, again, he can be in that top three conversation. We saw him come in, what do you have, 17.6 fantasy points per game just two seasons ago. Seven less points per game this last season, 10.27. That's a huge decline. Obviously, it's based on the injury. I do see him progressing from that number this season, but my only concern is is that if, if Anthony Richardson is hitting his high expected value outcome, he's taking up some rushing touchdowns. He's taking away some of that run game. So I just, I, I guess you call that a little like a penalty or flag on his value, if you will, which gets him outside of my top three. I still think it's a very good situation for both of them uh, with a team that still has a very good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, obviously still very young, but you know, again, this is a situation where you're, you know, believing in what you've already saw. He finishes an RB six, his rookie season, RB one, his sophomore season, and then parked back at RB 33 with an injury plague 2022. I think he can bounce back, but you know, it, I still feel a little bit more risk, you know, exposed, you know, when I'm talking about him hitting like top one, top two, when you're bringing in a, a rushing priority quarterback. You know, before I dive into the new Nick Sirianni offense that he's hopefully bringing down to the Indianapolis Colts, what Philadelphia did last year, I just want to give mm-hmm. tell, tell you about our friends over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady Mate. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. And remember, May is almost over, so make sure to take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. You know, back to what you said, you know, I really, I do agree with you what you said about Jonathan, you know, Having a rushing quarterback, I do always think caps that ultimate ceiling for what a running back can do, you know, but that Nick Sirianni offense, it was productive for Miles Sanders last year. And Mm -hmm. even if Anthony Richardson is sneaking some touchdowns, I think, of course, he can have a massive improvement on what he did last year. Now, with with Anthony Richardson likely gobbling up some goal line work as he is RB1 without his elite receiving usage to his RB1, maybe within his range of outcomes each year, maybe not, but I think... You know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, one of those Nick Chubb guys, one of the best pure rushers in the NFL, and he's going to stay very productive. So I like, you know, give me the younger running backs, especially, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor has a very strong three-year window ahead of him here. So I really like that spot. He is my RB3 RB three as well. So that's exactly where I had him right behind Brees Hall just because of the lack he's of He's my four, but sorry. yeah. Yeah, but you're, he was my three-year four, right? Yep. And then next up in our rankings is CMC. You know, you're, you are a little bit higher on him than I am. I just, you know, do you have any trepidations about the fact that there's so much talent in this offense? George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, you have Elijah Mitzel gobbling up uh, some work in the ru- early rushing attempts. And then, you know, I was looking at their NFL schedule, and I actually had them as fantasy football losers because the NFL schedule, the NFC West is weaker this year, and their schedule – is pretty weak as well. So when you look at it, I could see them getting out to some early leads and then, you know, taking the foot off the gas, you know, letting CMC take the second half off while Elijah Mitchell gets those carriages. Is that a concern for you at all? No. I, I mean, I think that's reading into a lot of game script really early in the year, okay. man. Uh, I don't look at strength schedule period for fantasy football. It's just not something that I use to evaluate players that I'm going to draft. 
Uh, everything changes. Strength of schedule is going to change the second you start taking snaps week one. You're going to see injuries. You're going to see players come out of nowhere. They're going to uh, completely change the expected values out of team outcomes and point totals, et cetera. Like, there's way too much change moment by moment in this league to for me to be worried about that. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that is incredibly high on Elijah Mitchell. However, I just don't see them, you know, keeping the Cadillac in the garage here. Like, I mean, it's it's Christian McCaffrey. They traded for him. I don't believe any of their quarterbacks are top tier enough to the point where Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk have a, a more important role or focal point in this offense than Christian McCaffrey. I certainly trust him to still have a minimum 20 plus touches per game for the next two to three seasons, as, as I said. He still, to me, offers an incredibly safe floor. I look to Austin Eckler as an example of being able to play into your late 20s with efficiency. He's coming off of RB1 and RB2 seasons at age 28 and 27. If we can see it from him, why wouldn't we expect something at least similar from Christian McCaffrey? And again, he's your top five, so it's, it's really not that far off. I do have him at two. That's, that's a little bit higher, but that's also because when you're spending this type of draft capital in a startup, you're looking at win now factor versus win later. He is a very good win now player to draft, in my opinion, at least. Jonathan Taylor, I still think exposes some risk in that offense. You know, I, like I said, I just am a little bit concerned. I want to pull up his – trying to pull up his receiving stats at the end of last year. You know, he was just wasn't quite what we were used to. Oh, yeah. He's you know, coming off an 85 reception it's pretty, season. It's pretty, it's pretty solid, actually. You know, I was just – I was thinking back to those, you know, when I had him in some championship games. Sure. I got that two, that three target uh, game at the end of the season, that two target game at the end of the season. So that skewed me a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty solid. I just like I said, Elijah Mitchell definitely got a little bit of that rushing volume. Yeah, I he just, he's not going to catch a hundred passes. I don't like like the seasons of him catching 115, 120 receptions. Yeah, they may not be there, but right now in this NFL, like I don't know of many other running backs that are going to do that right now. At least maybe okay. maybe Eckler. But that's also because of his age. Like they may say, "Hey, we need to keep your your attempts down. We're going to work you more into the receiving game." Which I could also again see for Christian McCaffrey, based on his build, based off of what he can do in an offense at receiver and running back. I mean, if I'm not doing enough to convince you, I think you need to go watch some Christian McCaffrey Instagram videos. I think you I need mean, to check I in on the workouts. You. Hey, ageist, and then you know, game. You know, he's an he's an old twenty. You know, he's he's been in the league a long time. A lot of wear and tear on those tires. You know, that's just me hating on running backs at this at this stage in their career. They'll never get to sell me on them. I'd always think that they are just an injury away from like, what, okay, what if Christian McCaffrey got you know, God forbid, he did get injury this year, then his dynasty value is almost nothing. I can you say know, that's, that that's about always, anyone. I can say it about you could, a anyone. lot of players on this list. You could a lot. That's why I value anyone. the rookie running backs who have some insulated value though. Yeah. Usually a little bit. Go get yourself um, some Tank Bigsby. <laughs> Next up at our consensus rankings is uh, Saquon Barkley. I had him at RB5. I mean, I had him at RB6. Where did you have him again? Uh, I think I have him at 5. Okay, yeah. RB5 in our consensus rankings as well. You know, I that one I didn't feel good about. I mean, just Saquon Barkley is... It just has not been the same recently. You know, if you just look at his receiving production, it's steadily decreased. You know, I know injuries and everything played a part of that, but it's just steadily decreased every year. He's never been a highly efficient pure rusher. He's never, you know, not in his whole career. He's, he looks to bounce it out. He gets mm -hmm. tackled. Even last season when he did manage to stay healthy, towards the end of the season, you felt like you could see him slowing down a little bit. It's just, I just don't know if it's, I, I, I like Saquon Barkley a lot. I think he's in for a productive season. I have him as a top five running back this year. I just don't know if we're ever going to see that, that phenom as you know that we wanted to see that those hundred catch seasons with you know that thousand rushing yards, thousand receiving yards. I'm just not sure that's ever in his cards. Still, still a big year though. Should be the focal point of the offense. They didn't do much to help out Daniel Jones. So, in his final season, I don't think that they will have any issue running him into the ground. What do you think? Well, that would need to be this year for him to, you know, again, not be worth this value. Again, we have him very high. He's coming off a career season of rushing yards, 1,312, 57 catches. Uh, like you had said, the receptions have declined since, since his rookie season. He caught 91 passes. He hasn't caught over 60 since. But again, last year he caught 57 through 16 games played and averaged 14.3 fantasy points per game. I, You know, where I'm going to be at here with these other running backs I think, again, it's about what I've seen 
versus what I'm betting to happen. So like some of the upcoming names, I'm just going to tip the cap a little here. Gibbs, ETN, Walker. These are the types of running backs that we're betting in on, right? Like we have to bet that they're going to progress in their points per game, their involvement in their offense. They're going to continue to shine and progress forward. With Saquon Barkley, this is kind of another one of those like intermediary check marks of, do I want to go with win now or do I want to wait and play the age game? Do I want to go into dynasty mode or do I want to take a run at this year? Saquon Barkley is probably that next guy up after Christian McCaffrey of, okay, this feels like a win now type of approach to my draft, that this is the type of direction that we're going to go. <clears throat> I'm okay with doing it because, again, I like his two to three year window. I think with what the Giants are putting together with Brian Dable, I think that we're still going to see some very positive return on Saquon Barkley for the next at least two to three seasons. I They may pull the wheels back a little bit. They may trim down the attempts, but I think at least the narrative that I've always received with Barkley, kind of like how you were feeling like, oh man, maybe CMC wasn't you know what I thought he was. Is that no matter what he gets his, whether it's on the whether it's on the ground, whether it's receiving, he's always going to come home with probably sixty plus total yards in a game, no matter what, and hopefully a touchdown. Because the Giants have always just found a way to use him as a weapon. I trust them to do that even more so or more efficiently with Brian Dable at the helm. You obviously saw a big progression for Daniel Jones with Dable under his helm, and a huge return for Saquon Barkley, who was you know a, not a top ten running back since his. Uh, freshman and sophomore seasons in the league. He was RB5 last year in PPR format. So the fact that, you know, you have some good and better things happening in New York, I think that there is some, you know, positive outlook on him again for the next two to three seasons. But I can absolutely see someone leapfrogging some of these players either behind him or whatever ahead of him, you know, based on age. He is 26. Well, that leads into my next one, you know, and I, I'm dragging, I, I'm rising him up in the rankings with my, I had him as my RB4, you know, and that's because of age. I think it's too much the hate. Kenneth Walker's a dog. He's our RB6 uh, in these rankings. He's my RB4. Mm -hmm. Zach Charbonnet was a mistake picked by the Seattle Seahawks. When Zach Damn. Charbonnet gets out on that field, I think the Seattle Seahawks will realize that. I just don't think Zach Charbonnet is really better than you know, there's not a single aspect of really rushing that Zach Charbonnet is better at than Kenneth Walker at. And then you you know you argue the receiving production in college. Okay, I, I'm not even sure he's that much better. But Kenneth Walker had some chops last year in the receiving game. We saw that mm -hmm. he's very young. I think he might even be younger than Charbonnet. I think I think he is. Twenty-two. I think they're similar age. I think he's younger. Um, Walker is twenty-two, but I don't know what Char. I think I think they're both twenty-two. I'll, I'll look up Charbonnet in just a second. Um, but Kenneth Walker, he he is just so talented. You know, he was the best rusher in college Same football age. that year, even when Brees Hall was in there. So, I really love Kenneth Walker. Still, I think the hate's gone too far. If you you know, if you have, I love him on those underdog graphs. If we're getting a little sidetracked, mm -hmm. but even in dynasty leagues, I think the out, long term outlook is great. Very safe floor. You know, maybe you know, there's a lot of talent, a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. But I think Kenneth Walker is going to continue to get fed in that offense. You have him lower. Why, why is that? I have Gibbs and ETN a little bit higher, and that's just because of their offenses. I am penalizing Walker a little bit for the Charbonnet pick. It's just also difficult for me to believe that Charbonnet won't be included whatsoever. His presence is still going to affect Walker's value some, and Walker still only averaged about 10.8 fantasy points per game last season without Charbonnet. Obviously, that was also with kind of a blooming start. You had to wait for the Rashad Penny injury domino to fall. Uh, he had 1,050 rushing yards in uh, 15 total games. Not bad. 4.61 yards per carry. Again, not bad. Nine rushing touchdowns. That nine rushing touchdowns could come down a little bit, but you still could see some of his other numbers progress. I also just look at the Seattle offense with you know a, a lot of thought of where all the touches are going to go, right? They have a lot of depth at receiver now. It feels like they're going to be a very good football team to win games. May not be the best for our fantasy teams, so I'm parking him back at running back eight. At again, 22 years old, I'm prioritizing Gibbs a little bit more. He's 21. Etienne is 24, but he's only played one full season in the league. So, you know, even at 24, you still feel like he has a lot left to give, you know, based off of, you know, really just one, you know, one year of action. Um, and really just their offenses, the Jags and Lions offenses, I expect to be at a little bit of a, I don't know if you want to say higher octane, higher output, whatever analogy you want to use. Uh, I feel like 
the Seattle Seahawks are going to be maybe competitive more in games, right? Maybe a little bit more lower scoring, maybe a little bit more strategery and just how they're distributing the ball. Um, so it just doesn't feel like Walker is going to have like that, you know, full bell cow type of feel. If they didn't draft anybody, I think he's up three spots. I think he's probably up at five. You know, I just don't think there's any running back in the NFL who gets, you know, that dot, just that, you know, 30 attempts a game. You know, I think Seattle can. You're going to see know, I think, an old man Derrick Henry this year. I that, That's why I love still, I love him in underdogs too. And I love him in Dynasty. You know, if you can get him for nothing because the team, they're going yeah. into a rebuild and they're just like, I have to get Derrick Henry off my Dynasty team. Yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. I, I've, you know, I've never owned Derrick Henry the last few years, and I owned actually Derrick Henry in a few dynasty leagues now, just because I'm just like, yeah, give me Derrick Henry. Yeah, second round, Duck future it. second round pick. That's going to be late, hopefully. Sure, absolutely. Yep. Um, but Kenneth Walker, like I said, there's just every running back shares the backfield. I think you know Kenneth Walker has almost an opportunity to get the same amount of work that he got last year, almost, and just add in, add in, you know, that Zach Charbonnet is going to get a little bit of work back there, could get 10, 12 touches a game or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I really like Kenneth Walker and, you know, I was pulling up his statistics while you were, while you were talking, you know, he was, you know, since week six, he was the RB 11 in fantasy points per game. So, you know, you take out those first five weeks or so when Rashad Penny was taking that, you know, he, he had a pretty, he had a pretty productive rookie season. So really a big fan of Kenneth Walker. Next man up here is Jameer Gibbs. You know, I, I think really the only, I moved, I was had more concern about Jameer Gibbs uh, pre-draft and then you know the Detroit Lions the only reason that I'm less concerned now is just like man if the Detroit Lions love him so much I mean they, they have to know stuff there's the Brad Holmes is a smart GM you know obviously I don't think he was very smart in that pick but I mean they have they have to see something they have to want to use this guy a ton mm-hmm. I mean he was the number he was the 12th pick in the draft so the size is a little bit concerning to me you know he never took on the majority of his college career never took on a huge rushing volume or anything like that Always a great pass catcher, 44 receptions for 444 yards at Alabama. His final year starting to get a little bit more rushing work, too. So that was great to see. Mm-hmm. You know, the size, you know, you typically see, you know, around that the great running backs, most of them, most of the great fantasy football running backs have to hit, you know, are 205 above 210 pounds just because opportunity and rushing volume and, well, just volume in general is the big driver of fantasy production for the running back position. So can right. Jameer Gibbs? <clears throat> shoulder enough volume to be a consistent fantasy football uh, threat. You know, you you have him pretty high, so, you know, you must think so, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now he's about 5'9", buck 99. You're telling me he won't be uh, an inch taller and probably five pounds heavier by week one? I mean, uh, just why, why would he be an inch taller? All right, the inch taller might be. A <laughs> Why would he be an inch taller? I he's a like, growing, he? growing boy. I don't know. He's drinking his fucking yeah, milk. I don't. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm five seven. You sound like my uh, my my like my grandmother. Like when I was back in college, when I was eighteen, she's like, "You're gonna still gonna get taller." I was just like, "Yeah, I, yeah, okay, yeah." No, sure. grandma, it's over. Get over it, lady. <laughs> yeah, that was just her holding out hope. So yeah, you know, exactly. that's exactly what you sound like right now. Yeah. Anyways, uh, where I was going with that, Christian McCaffrey, 5'11", 205, like he's really not that far off of a, uh, that type of frame. I think that's exactly the type of role that we're looking at from him is someone that's going to be using the passing game who's also going to be using the run option. We're already seeing injuries potentially to David Montgomery this early in the year. Uh, he's obviously a little bit of an older running back, already has three years experience in the league we might just see Jameer Gibbs have the workload all to himself down the stretch of this season. I mean, I I just don't see there being a direct amount of competition. I think there's a clear path to production here already at the ripe age of 21. If he's used like we perceive that high draft capital would result in, I mean, he's got to have 250 touches this season. No. That's the worry. That's the worry. Does he get those 250 touches? Cause it's going to have to come from receiving work. You know what I mean? It's going to have to get catch and passes, I think, to get there because it's not going to be. I think David Montgomery. You know, we this all guy's still we all love Jamison Williams, but they haven't really made any other strides in the passing game. Like Sam Laporta, is he just immediately going to come in and just be you know a tight end that's ready to take eighty plus targets? I don't know. Jamison Williams may not have eighty plus targets this season just based off of time played. You know, who you want to look? Who you want to target? Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, or Jameer Gibbs? I think, I think you're I'll forgetting. Th- I think you're forgetting one guy Mar- who's not a bad Marvin pass- Jones. 
No, Marvin David Jones. Montgomery is not a bad pass-catching running back himself. He's already getting he's... hurt. I understand David Montgomery's there, but he's already getting hurt. How badly hurt is he? I didn't read it. How, is he, he, has is a, he, he probably has a he just like a strained calf or something. Oh, like well, who cares? I... Then? Yeah, he's going to be fine. David Montgomery's but, good. Like He's a good running back. Like, it's just like you're preaching to the choir here, pal. Yeah, I I know. I like David Montgomery in theory, but they didn't spend a ton to get David Montgomery on the roster. It's not like they're going to be committed to him long term. They just spent the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs. I mean, Dan Campbell has shown no fear in taking off his most talented running back for players. I know by drafting Jameer Gibbs (laughs) And, and signing Jamal Williams and David Montgomery, though. Yeah, Jamal got, Williams. That was obviously just a good addition, though. I mean, the guy Dave, had like David what? Montgomery is way better than Jamal Williams in theory. In who theory. had more touchdowns last season? Not <laughs> not David Montgomery. <laughs> how many times is, did he brush with? How many rushing attempts did he get within the three or five yard line? That was ridiculous. That'll never happen again. But I'm very happy as Jamal. I I drafted so much Jamal Williams last year. It was silly. So I I was very happy about it. <laughs> Jamal Williams uh, first I lo- first TD Thanksgiving. I was there. Appreciate you, brother. You know I love my rookie running backs, though. He is my he's my RB eight behind Travis Etienne. Actually, mm-hmm. just because you know well, this is a good lead in to Travis Etienne, our consensus RB eight. I have Travis Etienne ahead of Jameer Gibbs just because mm-hmm. I trust that frame a little bit more. I trust consistent volume a little bit more. I like the offense quite a bit. You know, just like you know, it, it, obviously it isn't as concerning because Tank Bigsby had you know had the third round draft capital, but I see Travis right. Etienne once again. Clearly, even the more talented rusher, you know, just not Tank Bixby, change of pace guy. Really, all I see that is, you know, and hopefully we get, I think he only had like th- four games over three targets last year. Like, hopefully we get a few more of those games. I I don't know if I have any reason to expect that, unfortunately, just because, man, I, I add Calvin Ridley, still Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, all these guys. So, right. Uh, I don't know if there's a reason to expect that, but it wasn't his profile. He's not as an adept received like route runner i think as some people like perceived him as just looking at his raw stats in college a lot of dump offs uh but very talented with the ball in his hands either way so you know obviously could get schemed up in the screen game so what what are your feelings about Tra- travis Etienne this year and going forward for dynasty so purposes? my bet on Etienne is that he is going to take a big leap in the passing game for him to actually perform to this adp and this rb ranking i have him at seven because I do believe that he will. I, I believe that the Jaguars are going to try to get this guy at least from last year to this year, at least from, I think, 35 catches to over 50. I think for him to really hit this evaluation or to even bump on it to go ahead of RB7, he's got to catch at least 70 passes because I don't see him getting it done on the ground with the competition that they're building around him. Doug Peterson has stated clearly that he wants to run the ball with multiple running backs. So, i.e., Tank Bigsby, he's included in that plan now. Jarenis Johnson, they didn't commit to him long-term, but expect him to get work this season in an offense where, again, Doug Peterson will use multiple backs. We've seen it in his playbook uh, in, in uh, years prior. They didn't have the depth last season to do that, but you've seen these other guys that have come out of nowhere, like uh, Jamal Agnew. You know, he's randomly getting touches. He's taking the ball out of ETN's hands. So I think that they just have a more competent group around him now, and they should be looking to develop him more as a passer. I would not hate it if he came down 50 to 60 carries from last year, but he caught double the receptions. That's honestly what I'm betting on happening here because these other options around him, like you had highlighted, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Ingram, they should be clearing space. This should be optimal for moving the chains, and they want to continue to progress Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they're they're going to build a playbook or a game script that's going to constantly be putting him at risk by overly putting the ball down the field. I think you have the type of possession receivers and – let's face it, a running back that needs more receptions in the game plan where you can safely, you know, get this ball down the field again, without exposing yourself to a ton of risk. You know, I, yeah, I'm, like I said, I just drafted some, another guy I loved coming out of the NFL draft. So I drive a lot of Travis Etienne. So I'm hoping that we get to see a little bit more receiving work. Like you said, this year, we're in, we're in pretty good lockstep. These next couple here, actually, uh, our consent, you know, the consensus RB9, my RB9 is Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Consistently undervalued, although seems to be fairly properly valued now coming in. You know, going into his fifth season, you know, probably entering, you know, just how running backs go. 
probably entering the twilight years of Josh Jacobs. You know, it's it's crazy to say that for a 25-year-old, but you know what I mean? Four years in, been very, very productive. And, you know, it's almost it's almost like you maybe have missed it. You know what I mean? If you had, didn't take advantage of the value that Josh Jacobs was presenting the last few years, maybe you missed it. He is coming off a 2,000-yard all-purpose season. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that for Josh Jacobs, but he was amazing last year, great fantasy player. So, uh, you know, what do we what are we going to get going forward? You know, he's always he's never been overly efficient, got more receiving work last year, which was good to see, but that hasn't always been the case. So how long is he going to be for the Raiders? So there's a lot of question marks for Josh Jacobs. But, I mean, there's just nobody. I, I'm more comfortable ranking him. At, you know, he's obviously still clearly a top 10 guy for me, too. What do you think? Just a safe floor. The last three seasons, he's finished as running back three, 11, and eight. You like that consistency. You know, it's kind of funny. Jonathan Taylor made such a negative regression last year, right? Just like a huge fall off in production. Josh Jacobs did not really take that much of a step forward, even with a 2000 you know, 2000 yard all purpose season. He went from 12.42 fantasy points a game up to 15.5. You know, it would have felt like six or seven points more per game the way that you saw him play this year. With the point I'm trying to make here is that Josh Jacobs has actually been quietly, you know, underrated and reliable these past few seasons. I do, however, expect regression. So he finishes RB3. I could see him finishing, you know, somewhere in this range, like RB6 to maybe RB12, you know, based off of what we've seen and then his expected value for this upcoming season. But he had 340 attempts last season, carries. He only averaged 4.86 yards per carry. For a guy that rushed for 1,653 yards, you would have thought he probably averaged over, you know, five or six yards a carry. That's a lot of yards. No, he just ran the ball a lot. I expect them the Raiders to run the ball a lot this year. It's not like they have invested heavily at quarterback with only Jimmy Garoppolo on the books. So it feels like he's going to run a lot this year, but expecting him to hit that same you know outcome I think is a bit rich. I would expect regression on rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, attempts, of course, but I still think he's probably in a very safe space to collect 50 to 70 passes this season with an underwhelming quarterback like Garoppolo and still be kind of middled into this, again, RB6 to RB12 for the next couple of seasons because he's playing on the tag this year. He either, you know, resigns and he continues to be the guy for the Raiders or he goes somewhere where he's probably again looking, you know, probably somewhere 215, 250 plus touches. I like Josh Jacobs a lot. You know, here's another one of my favorite underdog draft players last year. I was like, RB30, are we serious? Yeah, are we serious? guys last year. I couldn't grab him up enough so i was super excited about that next up mm -hmm. i was excited to see that you'd have you, you don't hate Najee harris either this is another guy that hates oh. on too far my god oh. like geez i mean this guy was fantastic as a rookie he's young i mean what i mean he's, he's kind of an older for being in his third year but still i mean my god the guy was had a liz frank injury last year time hampered him for a few seasons then when you expected him to start turning it on those last five games top 15 running back four out of those last five weeks barely. Mm -hmm. Four out of the last five or four out of the last six weeks, but it was it was mostly brief. after the buy for him. Like after, yeah. after the buy, after that Jalen Warren talk was like really sitting in heavy. He was said no, 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 I did, no. See, no, that no. was another thing. I just didn't get like, are you serious, Jalen Warren? You think Jalen well, Warren? They, they were giving him some touches, but the 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 yeah, was, there was like a tweet Najee that Harris came out healthy. that said like, oh, the Steelers are going to lean into Jalen Warren now. And Najee heard that and he turned his his baseball cap around, turned on serious mode, and said, nah. This my backfield. Get out of here, bro. And yeah, after, after the bye, he was absolutely fantastic. And he was taking a ton of work after the bye. Just like like a ton of carries. Uh, always a great target in the offense. We saw that uh, that win up against, I think it was Baltimore, towards the end of the season. He caught that touchdown in the end zone. I mean, the guy can really do it all. I I, I don't know why people hate on him so much. I, I hated the regression, 14 points per game his rookie season to 10 last, last year. But... We also saw a huge decline in the passing game because Ben Roethlisberger isn't there. Now we should be getting that progression with Kenny Pickett hopefully making progression. Yes, I think I think in the passing work, I think middles out. I think he's going to get more, maybe more than, than he did last season, not as much as he did as a rookie. I think we get some of those efficiency back. The offense should be better. Yes, I think all of those things are positive for Najee Harris. Longer drives, Kenny Pickett hopefully yeah, staying out there on the field a bit longer. Tony Pollard is our next player up. RB11. You know, it's just I feel dirty about it. I know. That's how I feel too. That's I don't exactly I don't like I it, but I think the I situation like is like 
until they do something like they they need to make a commitment to either a free agent or we need to see something from you know i guess malik davis or deuce vaughn like there needs to be a pulse of other relative you know running back production here like we have to have some other trust otherwise it's the Tony Pollard show? Question mark. I mean, I like Tony Pollard. He's a talented player. It's I, just can't. I do too. But but volume, you know, it's just like man, this is you know he. It was a slow road coming for Tony Pollard. You know, it was four. You know, it's just he was in his fourth year last year. He finally sees some of that work. And I mean, when you look at it, I, I was just looking at it the other day. I'm gonna pull it up right now. His season actually, I mean, if you he had some really big weeks. That's what drove a lot of that production. But then when you look at it, he only finished as a top 10 running back six times, only finished as a top 20 running back s- seven times, no, eight times, eight times. So it was only he half was, the season that he finished as a top eight, tw- uh, 20 running back. He was the RB8, and he had 12.74 fantasy points per game. Yeah, and so, like some big leagues, some down yeah. leagues. Some, so I just don't know, you know what I mean? Like, he's just not somebody – could I see him having a strong two- or three-year stretch here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just not – I don't see it, you know, but I think that's maybe it. Is he more of a one to two year asset as opposed to a long term dynasty asset, which is fine. That's what we're looking for in running backs anyway, but a little pricey when we're considering RB1 territory. I really don't want to buy him at this ADP, to be honest with you. And again, this is, you know, kind of going back to passing on top running backs and startups and, you know, going with that zero RB approach. This is definitely someone that does not fit the bill. Like the, the cost, in my opinion, does not equal the return. Uh, I'll take honestly Austin Eckler, who's two years older. I know you will because I'm, we're about to introduce those two here. Yeah. You know, we, of course, this this is just a synopsis of of the two of the two people that we have talking right now because the RB12 is two different guys. I pulled in our, the final, you know, our final players. I think you had Austin Eckler at RB11. I had Ramondre mm-hmm. Stevenson at RB11. So they mm-hmm. fall in at the RB12 spot here. So young running, young and productive running back, not as not as safe a floor. Uh, with Rob Monday Stevenson for me, Austin Eckler, long time producer, but an older player for you. That sounds just like how what we were talking about as well. So it's, Austin it's Eckler, hard to de- deny him, like I said, when he's finished the way he has the past two seasons. I just, I signed me up against, you know, let me get hurt again, you know, however the saying goes, because I bet against running backs with his profile, with his age, uh, you know, every year. And guess what? I've been hurt by Derrick Henry every single season. So, and I'm ready to get hurt by Austin Eckler, you know, but I just, I bet against these guys. I just don't want to be, especially in dynasty leagues and redraft leagues. Absolutely. Give me Austin Eckler. Give me Derrick Henry. It's one year league and I'm trying to win the league anyway. Like I'll take, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll risk it for the biscuit in dynasty leagues. I do not like, you know, investing a high draft pick or any kind of serious draft capital in these type of running backs, just because, I like to build a solid base of production for years when my startup draft, because you can, you know, that's how you're going to set yourself up for a long time to come. I like to build up value for a long time. Guys who are going to increase in value by next season. That's what I'm targeting in my draft. So Austin Eckler, not someone. Ramondre Stevenson, though, you know, it took me a while to come around, but Patriots backfield the way it is. You know, I went back and looked at some tape. You know, he kind of seems like he's a bruiser. You know, that's how, you know, he's, you look at his size, you're just like, oh, man, he just must be powering down people. Very elusive in open space. Quick, not fast, but quick, you know, agile. Like I said, there's a lot to like about Ramondre Stevenson. I think he could be in for a big – I'm not sure what his role will be because the Patriots like that's to – That's a problem. The Patriots like to put people in small holes at running back, you know, just have them niche, niche, very niche running backs. Right. Ramondre Stevenson was kind of a pass catcher last year, but – the Patriots have not really a bruiser, but pass catchers on the roster. So maybe we see more goal line work, but less receiving work. But still, I like the young, talented running back here. You know, sell me on Austin Eckler and why he's going to be a uh, a dynasty asset for years to come. Oh, I don't know. I'd never said he'd be an asset for years to come. I, I at like least him a couple in a, years, I imagine. If you, I would say here. this this year and next, he offers you one of the safer floors and getting him at. Running back eleven, running back twelve, and dynasty. I just I don't feel like you're a you know putting in a ton of cost there because you can draft him, and then you can sit on that position for a long time. Are you, are you flexing for me there? You gave me a little oh, big pop of pump. I, did, you, did you even see that on there? Oh, oh I didn't yeah, think my yeah, muscles yeah. were that big. Oh wow, yeah, big yeah, pop of pump. I love that. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? 
I'm, I'm tired. I didn't get any sleep last night. I'm just doing weird stuff, you know, just trying to, my, that's how my brain's working right now. <laughs> no, he, he should have an incredibly safe floor for the next two seasons. I, I still feel like he's going to be valued as a high priority asset in that offense. He's probably going to have more of a shift to receiving touches than he will running back touches, but he still will have exposure to high value touches in the red zone. Like you may see him kind of adapt to more of like what you saw last season with the Detroit Lions. They would use Swift all the way up the field until he got to the red zone. You may see a little bit of a combination of that with Eckler where they're sprinkling him in with receiver work, but they let him finish inside because he's very physical and he's still very, very athletic. Yeah, he may be 28, but he doesn't look it. I mean, the guy is absolutely stacked. He's got incredibly strong legs, a very strong upper body. You know, it's just hard for me to discount him even at 28 with the the work that he's put in the last the next two yeah, excuse me, the last two seasons. And he's coming off a season where he had 18.9 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. Obviously, he'll be valued less in standard formats. But again, he's going to be used as a receiver. That's his MO. And they haven't really committed to any other one else, anyone else around him, at least for this, this upcoming season. So even if he were to regress from this and he's down to 14 or 15 fantasy points per game, the guys that we're evaluating at this type of ADP, Stevenson, 11.96 last season. Pollard, 12.74. Uh, Harris, Najee, 14 and a half when his best season when he's a rookie, right? Like none of these guys are even coming close to that, even if he's re regressing four to six points for the next two seasons at this ADP. When now I said, I do like Austin Eckler, you know, and so if he falls in drafts in dynasty drafts and, and a super flex, let's say into that sixth round range, seventh round, people are heavily drafting quarterbacks and wide receivers. I could see it. With that, we will wrap it up today. I got to go sling some cocktails on the unusual Sunday. I have to work. What's, uh, what's tonight's special? <sighs> special, you know. I'm, I, you know, I've been making, I've, I've been having fun with chartreuse lately. You know, we have a, we've had a case of it, and it's going out of stock. You know, the monk, the monks. I don't know if you know a lot about green chartreuse. It's made by French monks. It's extremely popular, and, and they want to devote more time to their religion, so they're gonna, they're not making as much. It's extremely okay. popular. It's caused bartenders and you know liquor lovers like myself to freak out. It's an amazing liqueur. Check it out if you can. Buy it online. Green Chartreuse. It's fabulous. You know, it's Check a it secret out. recipe. Very, you know, it's a very fun liqueur. And you know, I always have fun with those. So I, you know, a lemony. You know, and the Green Chartreuse is very herbal and you know. There's flour and chamomile in there. Like I said, go check it out if you haven't tried. It's hard to explain if you don't know about it. But I, I appreciate it. the interest, and I am going to get to it. But you know, you can check out me at SGPN, TWSN, Player Profiler, Fantasy Face-Off Network. How about, Justin, anything going on SGPN this week? No, not a whole lot. Come ride with us. We've always got the good stuff for you. Dynasty, IDP, we got auction content, best ball, me and Andrew getting in the streets on our exercise bikes. You know, I'm taking a little bit of a breather here, just sitting on my stool, talking some fantasy. Next week, I'll be back on the exercise bike, you know, smashing beers, biking, drafting. That's how we do. <laughs> Just to remind you, edge boost, double down play of the day is everything Chiefs on those Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs season long bets. Our future bets, I should say, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. And thank you for you know watching the live YouTube. If you have, and be sure to smash that subscribe button and like this video. Thank you so much, everybody. You all take it easy, okay? <laughs>